Good morning, Prakapitan. Welcome back. Remember, this month is all about oikiosis. And what is more oikiotic than knowing what we're supposed to focus on when it comes to our concerns? What exactly is ours to appropriate as concern? I want to start by saying that this episode isn't entitled Five Steps to Discovering What You Should Care About. For a Stoic cannot avoid caring about far more things than they can concern themselves with. So before continuing, let me distinguish between caring about something and concerning oneself with something. As an American living in rural Kentucky, for example, you absolutely should care about an atrocity happening in a country thousands of miles away. However, as an American living in rural Kentucky, again, for example, concerning yourself with that atrocity isn't just impractical, it's also almost absolutely ineffectual, and will certainly come at an opportunity cost because of the effort it will take to be concerned with something incredibly distant versus something much more proximal that you can be much more effectual in concerning yourself with. To care is to feel sympathy. To concern oneself is to play an active role in changing something. Since there's a limitation to how many things we can do in a lifetime, it is obviously true that there's a limit to how many things we can truly concern ourselves with. If there are one million things broken in the world, you'll only be able, in your lifetime, to work to resolve a few dozen of them in any meaningful way. Of course, you know this, I'm not telling you anything new, but this abundance of things that deserve care versus the limited number of things we can actually do anything about is the source for a great amount of anxiety in a great number of people, especially in today's world where we say things like, silence is violence, or we can be painted as bad people by not participating in the hashtag activism of the day. It's not anxiety-inducing just because we can be shamed for not concerning ourselves with everything worth caring about, which, as I've shown, is impossible. It's also because any halfway decent human being, that's you, me, them, anyone, and most everyone, wants to help to make the world better, but are absolutely overwhelmed with choosing exactly how to do that. There's a million broken things. So which few dozen things do we commit our lifetime or a portion of our lifetime to working to fix? How could there ever be a correct choice when the stakes seem so high? That's what this episode is about. How to identify the things we should concern ourselves with. Before I can get into that, though, I have to thank a lot of new patrons. In fact, I have to thank so many new patrons that I cannot thank them all in this episode. So I'm going to thank nine in this one and probably nine in the next one, and I'm going to try to keep up. First, thank you to Kanan Lee, Azarov Maxim, Azarov Alamog. I'm surprised to see two Azarovs here. So if you've double signed up Azarov, you might want to check that out. Tony Brown, Jay Cannon, Stuart Appleby, Anand, Stephen Monswear, which I'm sure I've said wrong. Sorry, Stephen. And Jesse W. My full-time living is made through ads and patron support. But more than that, it is hard for content like mine to get the kind of limelight that far more entertaining but certainly less serious content gets. So when people like Anand, 
Tony, Jay, Azarov, and others patronize my work in the traditional sense, it makes me feel like there are people out there who value the important stuff just as much as the fun stuff. And that's a good feeling. And it is certainly true we can't financially support every single creator we derive value from. There are simply too many of them. And the fact that I'm one of them for you means a lot to me. If you are not yet a patron but would like to become one, you can do so by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash members. You'll get rid of ads and a few other cool things that only patrons get. Okay, now here are a couple of advertisements, and then we'll get right into the content. See you on the other side. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Factor. Eating easy is rarely healthy, but with Factor, the marriage of ease and health has finally happened. Ring those bells and throw that rice. Factor is a meal delivery service providing never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes and are delivered straight to your doorstep. This includes restaurant-quality meals for every meal of the day and, if you want, even snacks and beverages as well. I used Factor for years and raved to my friends about how not a single meal tasted bad, which was an astounding feat since all the meals were healthy and could be tailor-made to whatever diet initiative I was trying to keep up with, like veganism, vegetarianism, paleo, low-carb, whatever. Now, get ready to hear the number 50 way more than you thought you'd hear it today because listeners of the Practical Stoicism podcast should head over to factormeals.com forward slash practical 50, that's practical 50, and use the code practical50 at checkout to get 50% off. That's code practical50 at factormeals.com forward slash practical50 to get 50% off. Seed DSO-1 is a daily symbiotic, which is a probiotic and prebiotic formulated to provide benefits for gut immune function and whole body health. I take it every morning before I eat, which is when it works the best, and I have noticed a big difference in my digestion, regularity, and even my skin. It's nice that this benefit comes in a small package that needs no refrigeration and really is just a couple of simple small pills. You also get this cool little travel vial in case you're traveling so you don't have to stuff a bunch of loose pills in your pocket, which is nice. It's also nice that this product is so rigorously tested from a scientific perspective, which makes seeds probiotic research, development, and innovation programs a lot more trustworthy. So trust your gut health to Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com forward slash practical and use code 25practical to get 25% off of your first month. That's 25% off of your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com forward slash practical with the code 25 practical. Hey there, Prakapton. Welcome back. As I said at the outset, this episode is about deciding what to concern yourself with when there are a million things out there that will all feel worthy of your concern. How do you choose when choosing means saying no to almost everything else? In fact, most everything. I've broken this episode down into four sections, that is to say four steps, and you can expect a second ad break somewhere after the third step. Let's get started. Step one. Realize that you're human. 
This isn't some vapid statement like, we're all human, no one is perfect. When I say realize you're human, I mean realize that your most proximal concerns must be for yourself and other humans. In Stoicism, none of your roles or responsibilities can conflict with any of your other roles or responsibilities. That means whatever you choose to concern yourself with cannot interfere with whatever other things you've chosen to, or are compelled to as a human, concern yourself with. As a human, you are compelled to concern yourself with the plights of yourself and other human beings. This means your mental health, for example, must be of greater concern to you than the mental health and well-being of others. And the mental health and well-being of others must be of greater concern to you than the well-being and mental health of non-human animals or the well-being of the environment. And quickly, just in case any of you were pulling back after that last sentence, notice that I am not saying only concern, I'm saying greater concern. Why? Because to not concern yourself with yourself will work against your ability to concern yourself appropriately with anyone or anything else. Also, it's not possible to interface with any other concern to the same degree that you can interface with yourself. There's no reality within which you are not, by nature, concerning yourself with yourself the most. You possess yourself. How could any other thing be more under your influence than yourself? So, as a Stoic, your greatest concern must needs be yourself. Think of the honeybee as an analogy. The honeybee's greatest concern, if it could have concerns in the way that human beings do, would be itself and then the hive. Everything else it showed concern for, and benefited, would be a byproduct of these first, more central or more proximal concerns. It is the same for humans. You concern yourself with yourself so you can concern yourself with other humans, so you can concern yourself with other animals, so you can concern yourself with the environment. If you don't concern yourself with yourself, there's no reason to concern yourself with other humans. If you don't concern yourself with other humans, you have no reason to concern yourself with animals. If you don't concern yourself with animals, you have no reason to concern yourself with the environment. Everything starts with you and other humans. How could it not? What would that even look like? You might say, I concern myself with the environment. But why? Without non-human animals and human animals, and certainly yourself, why would you care about the environment? More than that, what would be the impetus for being concerned with the environment at all if you weren't concerned with everything that derived benefit or asset from it? Maybe you append your statement and you say, I most concern myself with the environment. Okay, but for whose benefit? And maybe you would scream at me, for its own benefit. Well, if this is you, you're saying you're concerned with the environment for no reason other than the environment. You're concerned with the environment for the environment's sake. But that is stupid. We are concerned with the state of the environment specifically because of the ramifications to non-human animals and human animals by not being concerned with it. If animals weren't here, non-human or otherwise, what concern would there be to have? Are you a tree? If you're a tree, I understand. I also find it incredible that you're listening to this podcast, but you're probably not a tree. You're a human. And perhaps you respond to that by saying, but I could place non-human animals at the center of my concern, and that would be plenty just. So then you could care for the environment for the sake of animals, but not for the sake of humans. 
And that's true. You could do that. And it would be just if you were a non-human animal. You cannot do that and have it be just as a human animal. You cannot center your ethical concerns around elephants, for example, even though I love elephants, because you're not an elephant. You're a human being. A human being, in Stoicism, knows that the order of appropriate, let's call it the flow of concern, is self, family, friends, community, humanity, non-human animals, biosphere. Human beings are like bees. Bee first, hive next, pollination third, a thriving environment fourth, and they don't even know they're doing that. If the bee didn't concern itself with itself, it would have no justification for concerning itself with the hive. And if it didn't concern itself with the hive, it would have no reason to concern itself with pollination. Human ethics in the Stoic tradition and in the context of human individuals is centered around living according to nature as a human being. This accordance is the yardstick. Everything, then, springs from concern for the self living by nature, and thus springs from the self. Step 2. Identify your physical, mental, and financial limitations. Now that you know your most central concern is yourself, we can explore being concerned with other things. As human beings, we express concern, again, not care, but genuine concern, through our choices. And these choices usually manifest as actions. Those actions are things like volunteering, physical support, donating money, donating time, and things that involve our physical, mental, and financial presence or expression in some combination or another. If that's true, then we must, for the sake of not working against the efficacy of our concerning, or our concerns, identify our strengths and weaknesses. If we are financially poor, for example, we cannot donate money, because if we donate money that was supposed to be used to feed our bodies or pay our rent, we would be putting the role of donating money in conflict with the role of caring for ourselves. We can't do that. But if we're financially poor, we might be able to organize a really effective fundraiser, depending on what other skills we had. Then those who couldn't organize a fundraiser but who could absolutely afford to donate money would have a way to fill the role of donor. If we are physically strong, we may be able to help do things that less physically strong people are unable to do. If we are physically weak, we're probably not best utilized as ditch diggers building wells in impoverished, arid countries. Though this is without a doubt one of the most dramatic and therefore romantic visions of selflessness and doing of good, but we might have the skill to design a website that converts a high number of donations or information signups or other things that enable those physically stronger people to dig ditches. But I want to dig wells, you might say. It's the most helpful part. First, no it's not. And if you're digging wells, you can't design the website. And which are you better at? And if you don't build the website, who will? And so what is the better way to express your concern if you're really good at building websites? Is it the way that places a priority on what makes you feel important or useful? Or on the thing that utilizes your strength, can't be done by any strong person with a shovel, and plays a more central role in enabling the ditch digging? Is it meant to be about you and your ego, or is it meant to be about the thing you're concerned with? In this case, people without access to clean drinking water. 
No doubt, plenty of contemporary influencers will tell you to do what makes you feel good. But that's not the stoic approach to sorting out which things you should choose to concern yourself with. So step two, honestly assess your limitations and your skills. This will help you to identify in what ways you're most fit to concern yourself with anything. Step number three, identify the roles you're not supposed to unchoose. Some of what we concern ourselves with is not our choice. I don't get to choose, for example, whether to be a father. I'm going to be a father in a few months, whether I choose it or not. A good Stoic isn't going to unchoose being a father once they are one, not only because they factually cannot, since the role of father and the responsibilities attached thereto don't simply vanish because one chooses to ignore them, but because to abandon a role like this is incredibly unstoic. That doesn't mean abandoning all roles is unstoic. Certainly one can abandon their role as an associate at Kinko's, but they cannot abandon their role as a contributing member of the Cosmopolis. Some roles exist because you're a human, and you can't get rid of them. Some roles exist because you're a human in a society and you can't get rid of those either. Some other roles exist because of your choices and actions. Not to mean that you choose them consciously, but that your choices and actions lead to them and they are now a reality. And you cannot get rid of those either. So you've got to identify your, let's call them, no-flex roles in the present stage of your life. You can't abandon your responsibility to yourself, to your family or to your community in order to go gallivanting across the globe, digging ditches for wells. Factually, you can choose to do whatever you want. But in Stoicism, you shouldn't choose to do whatever you want at all costs. You could, for example, balance responsibilities to self, family, and community while gallivanting across the world digging ditches for wells. You might be able to do that. But the key words here are might and balance. You don't abandon your roles for any other role. You must make sure that the roles you choose, that is, the concerns you choose to take on, can exist harmoniously with the roles you already have, and that you did not choose, and that you cannot unchoose. That sounds hard, right? Well, as I've said before, welcome to Stoicism. No one said it would be easy. There is one more step in today's episode, and if I'm being honest with you, it's the most fun one. First, though, one more ad break, and then I'll be back. Stay with me. If you are looking for another podcast that contemplates what it means to live a good and fulfilling life, then I would strongly recommend listening to No Small Endeavor, the acclaimed podcast from Great Feeling Studios and PRX. In each episode, host and award-winning theologian Lee C. Camp brings you thoughtful conversations with artists, philosophers, and theologians, including legendary actor Martin Sheen and civil rights hero Reverend James Lawson, about their pursuit of happiness and wisdom. And if you're looking for somewhere to start, I'd check out their new episode with Malcolm Gladwell, New York Times bestselling author and host of the wildly popular Revisionist History podcast. They explore how Malcolm became a stellar storyteller, some of the things he may or may not regret, including a year of Freudian therapy three times a week, and so much more. It's absolutely worth a listen. So don't miss out. Follow No Small Endeavor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you in part by Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. They are, without a doubt, the easiest way to play 
DFS. It's just you versus the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the big game right around the corner, Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game changing moment into 100 times your money because with as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Offer expires post Super Bowl. With quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of player and stat types, it's no wonder Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. I've got friends that use Prize Picks, and they absolutely swear by it. So if daily fantasy sports is your thing, you've got to give Prize Picks a try. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash practical and use the code practical for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com forward slash practical with code practical for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Welcome back. There's just one last step, and like I said before the break, I think it's the most fun one. The previous steps have been very demanding in their expectations. I think it is hard work to be logical and rational about our concerns because our minds are so prone to being overwhelmed by empathy, sympathy, and care. Who doesn't cry when they see that commercial about shelter dogs who are about to be put down? I know you know the one I'm talking about. It's got the Wings of an Angel song in the background. That is a brutal commercial. But the way we get involved in such an initiative might not be appropriate, as we're learning. For example, if we donate $1,000 to save the doggos, and then we can't pay our rent... We've done a kind thing for the doggos, but we've also done an unkind and inappropriate thing to ourselves and to those who depend on us for shelter, which might even include other doggos. In this way, spending your paycheck at the racetrack because you're a gambling addict and donating your paycheck to a nonprofit because you're a follow the feels addict are the same thing in the end inappropriate choices that hurt those who are supposed to be more proximal and central to your concern than making money at a racetrack or saving doggos. That's not easy to think through, mostly because society has taught us to be ashamed of not doing everything we can and everything we can't, in fact, at every single opportunity we're given to do it or to fail at doing it. We're compelled by shame more than we are led by reason. But let me get off my soapbox and deliver to you my last step. Step number four, choose what you want. Once you know your limitations, strengths, and pre-existing, let's call them unerasable roles and responsibilities, you're free to choose whatever it is you want to concern yourself with. Want to tackle the homelessness problem in your city? Want to advocate for civil rights by starting a local chapter of an organization you feel is doing great work? Want to take a trip to Japan to participate in some sort of global initiative to save the pandas? Want to drop out of college to pursue a cause truly close to your heart? You can do all those things. There's no wrong choice. You get to have a preference for the roles and responsibilities and concerns you take on. The best part of this is that so long as you followed all the other steps first, you're shame-proof. 
You have a logical and rational defense of your decision to focus your concern on these dozen things over here for the next X amount of years instead of on any other combination of few things from that list of a million broken things I referred to earlier. So when someone says, why don't you care about these problems over here? Are you some sort of cold-hearted, indifferent monster? You can say, I do care about those problems over there. I think it's terrible that those problems exist, but I've identified the things I'm best suited to concern myself with, and they are XYZ. I feel that way because my strengths and abilities are ABC, while my weaknesses and limitations are LMNOP. I focus my concerns on XYZ because they don't require me to abandon my responsibilities to myself, my family, or my communities, and because I'm effectual at driving change and concerns to XYZ, whereas those problems you mentioned don't stand to benefit much from my concern, and if I concern myself with them instead, I would detract from the efficacious work I'm doing in concerns to XYZ. Some might think your choices are stupid, you can't prevent that, but you won't think they're stupid. And that's important because shame springs from accusations you fear might be true, and from a general lack of confidence in your choices about what the right things to concern yourself with are. But be warned, sometimes there's a worthwhile education to be found in the criticisms of others. Perhaps there is a way to add more concerns to the list of things you are fit to concern yourself with, and you should always be open to discovering those things if they exist. It's also possible that you may decide to replace an elective concern with another elective concern, or you may have to give up an elective concern because a new social concern has been put upon you. Maybe you're about to become a parent and you no longer have time for that elective concern. Maybe it's volunteering for something X hours a week. Maybe you've got to scale it back or you can't do it anymore. Or as another example, maybe you want to stop volunteering at the soup kitchen you've been volunteering at for the last year. And instead, you want to use that time to work towards creating a nonprofit for the homeless that works in a different way or tries to achieve a different thing. Or maybe you want to start a company you feel can employ some of the unemployed in your town or city. It's okay to change your mind about the things you choose to be concerned with, but when you change your mind, it's always important to consider the logistics of that change. You must be just and appropriate in the way you exit a concern, if we could put it that way. Don't just leave the soup kitchen in this example without a replacement volunteer sorted, or plenty of notice. It is not easy to figure these things out. But I hope the four steps in today's episode have helped you to gain a little bit of insight on how to identify the things you're best fit to be concerned with yourself. I'd also like to invite you to answer the Spotify question associated with today's episode. If you listen on Spotify, you can open this episode's dedicated page and there's a question there for you. And that question is this, in your life, what are some of the things you choose to concern yourself with? I'm hoping to see hundreds of answers to this particular question, because maybe I'll be inspired by some of those answers to take on some new concerns myself, and perhaps you will be as well. So thanks for listening today. Remember, you can get rid of ads, support my work, and get access to exclusive content by becoming a patron of Practical Stoicism and my broader work at stoicismpod.com forward slash members. Your support is important, and I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care. Thank you.